0: By entertainment, there's so much entertainment out there. And with that, we might conclude that boring is bad. Boring is bad. But actually, researchers found that that with boredom comes creativity and comes empathy. When we allow ourselves to be bored, we actually come up with great ideas. Um, we actually develop empathy for others, and so boredom is actually a good thing. The fourth word he used was nurture. Our world is concerned with nurture, with protecting, with making sure that nothing bad can happen. But with that, we might conclude that risk is bad. But how many know that risk is good? Uh, Entrepreneurs, businessmen know that in order to have success, you need to take risks. And so risk is something that's important. And the, the last word he used was the word entitlement. Entitlement. The world is, uh, we live in a world where people that feel entitled. But um, with that, we might conclude that labor is bad. That labor is bad. Uh, I shouldn't have to work as hard for this. I remember when I was a youth pastor, not great times. Uh, don't miss that. <laughs> no, nah, it was good. Um, I remember I had a young person come to me. He was still in school, no qualification or anything like that. And he said, oh, you know, I'm going to quit my job at McDonald's. It's not paying me enough for the work that I'm doing. The work's just too hard. Like, mm, wow, okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> the, the truth is, is that, that work is good and that, that labor teaches us things. Uh, you know, when we live in a world that is moving so fast, it in turn uh, causes us to have expectations of our own world that it should be moving fast as well. You know, when our world is moving fast, we feel like our own world should be moving just as fast. It, it can, believe, uh, it can lead us to, to thinking that slow is bad. Uh, but there are some things in life that just take time. Developing a skill takes time. Building a great marriage takes time. Building a business takes time. There's so many things in life that actually just take time. And, you know, the speed of the world around us can cause us to have unrealistic expectations of, of, of how fast we should be achieving our goals of where we should be in life in relation to those around us or those on Instagram or social media, it can cause us to um, cause us to question whether we are where we should be. It causes us to have unrealistic expectations, and these unrealistic expectations, when when unmet, can lead to frustration, can lead to bitterness, can lead to comparison, can lead to feelings of failure, and, and even depression. But I really believe that when we realize that actually slow is part of God's plan, actually slow is part of what God is doing, actually God is still working, when we realize that, that the process is part of God's purpose, we can actually find contentment. We can find contentment in knowing that God is working, that actually we're right in God's plan, that actually that God is using us and using the process to, to develop us into who he's created us to be. The, the second thing i believe that we learn from uh, the process is the process produces perseverance the process produces perseverance so i think patience and perseverance are a little different when i think about patience i think about our attitude while we wait i think about how do, how do we respond while we're waiting are we trying to push ourselves ahead into opportunities that we know we're not ready for are we trying to you know bust down the door of opportunity or are we are we content with, with waiting uh, how do we react or respond when we see others around us uh, succeeding? Do we celebrate them or we kind of wish, kind of, you know, secretly wish that we were them or feel like we should be winning when, when, when they are winning instead? I think it's the, the way we, patience is the way we respond to what's happening to the world around us and our attitude while we wait. But I think perseverance is our ability to endure hard stuff. It's our ability to endure hard stuff. It's sticking at something even when it gets difficult. It's sticking at something even when you want to quit. You know, we all have those days where we just want to throw in the towel, we want to quit, where we've kind of had enough. But I think perseverance is learning to just keep walking through and, and not quit, to stick at it, knowing that at the end of it, something something great is going to come as a result. In fact, Paul in the Bible, he tells us to glory in our sufferings. It sounds horrible. Like (laughs) glory, like it sounds counterintuitive. Like how do you glory in your sufferings? Romans chapter 5 verse 3 to 4 says, not only so, this is Paul speaking, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. Actually, good can come out of it. It can produce perseverance and it can produce hope. I remember having a conversation with someone that I could speak quite frankly to and they they began to tell me how they were going to quit their job because uh, they had this boss, and the boss was horrible, and you know all this kind of stuff, and, uh, and they wanted to leave. And I must have been prophetic or something, because kind of off the cuff, I just said, "Hey, you know, if you leave, you're probably just going to end up with a boss that's even worse, and you're going to have to still learn the lesson that God's trying to teach you." Funnily enough, I'd forgotten about the conversation. A couple of years later, they, they began to tell me how, uh, you know when you said that thing? <laughs> uh, actually, I, I left that job, ended up in a new job, and the boss that I had was worse than the first. Uh, and I, I actually ended up having to stick it out, having to walk through it, and it was way harder than maybe it should have been. But it, it, I had to walk through it for, for myself to learn the lesson that God had for me. And so perseverance is important. Sticking at It's important. You know, I think sometimes we think that when we're going through something that's hard or we're experiencing suffering, sometimes we feel like we're outside of God's purpose. But I think often the reverse is true, that when things are really hard, that when we experience suffering, sometimes actually we're right in God's purpose. Not that, they, not that God is causing bad things to happen, but that, that those bad things are going to develop character in us. They're gonna form us and shape us and build our character like nothing else can. When, when I look back at my life, the short life that I've lived, I know that the hard things that I've been through, those tough seasons, have actually been the seasons where I've grown the most. They've actually been the things, that the times where I've actually learned the most, where, where my character's been built, where I've pushed into God more, where I've, I've learned to trust Him more than ever before. Actually, in those hard times, has actually produced the best fruit in me. Um, and I know that suffering and hardship it is part of the world that we live in, but it's also part of the process that God uses to shape us and form us and mould us, and produce in us perseverance. To shape and it shapes our character and it produces in us hope, hope that's an anchor for our soul, a hope that's unshakable, a hope not in the world around us, but a hope in Him, a hope in Jesus. The third thing I believe that the process brings is perspective. The process brings perspective. Uh, Perspective is important. You see, the way that we uh, interpret the world around us determines our outlook of the world, determines the way that we see the world, the, the way that we, we look at and process the world determines uh, our outlook on it. You know, often in a depressed person, what we'd find is, is a negative view of themselves and the world around them. And so it's vitally important that we, that, that is changed before they receive healing. I believe that there's some people this morning here and you've been going through some hard things. You've been questioning God and wondering whether you're going to make it through. You might feel like the the thing that you're going through is actually going to break you. But I really believe that this morning God wants to change your perspective. He wants to show you that even though you feel like this is going to break you, actually this is what's going to make you. This is something that's gonna transform you. It's something that's going to, that God's gonna use not only to shape you and your life, but also to bless those around you. It's gonna be something that's gonna be a testimony that you can walk through and share with people that are actually gonna encourage others that are walking through the same thing. In Isaiah 55, verse nine, it says, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. You see, God's perspective is very different to ours. God's vision is 2020, no pun intended. You see, God sees things differently than we see it. When we can only see but a glimmer, we can just see like a little bit, God actually sees the beginning from the end. God stands outside of space and time and he can see the beginning from the end. And so when God is leading us and guiding us, he sees a much bigger picture. He sees so much more. I do a little bit of photography, and when, when it comes to using a camera, there's different lenses that you use for different scenarios. If I were to take a, a landscape image, I'd want to get like a wide lens that could get a whole lot of the picture in, but not only a whole lot of the picture, but a whole lot more in focus, because you, you might want to see the trees and, and the sunset or the mountains, and you want to see all of it. You want it all to be in focus, not blurry. But if I was taking a photo of, say, a person, like a portrait shot, I'd, I'd want to maybe have a more cropped lens and I'd, i want a lens that could really focus on the subject and have everything else blurred in the background so that my subject would really stand out. Maybe you got one of those flash new iPhone 11 Pros with the portrait mode, you know what I'm talking about, and you put the portrait mode on and everything else in the background gets all blurry and your Instagram photos look really cool. Or maybe you've got the the new, new one, right? And it's got that wide angle lens where you can kind of get everything else in view. And this is what I'm talking about. Um, There's two different views. And I think sometimes when it comes to our problems, we've got the portrait mode on. All we can see is our problem. The only thing that's in focus is is the things that are going wrong. Everything else is blurred. We can't see anything else, but I think God wants us to switch it up and, and have a wide angle view. God wants us to see more than... Just the issue, but God wants to see us to see what He's doing through it. God wants us to see what is in the future. God wants us to see uh, that actually what we're going through is just a short time and He's gonna use it to, to, to bring glory to His name. I think there's many here that have a narrow focus, and it's caused us to be fixed on the problem rather than fixed on what God can do and what God wants to do. I want to ask the worship team to, to come up now as I close. In Genesis chapter 11, there's the story of, of Terah and his family. Uh, most of us would know Abraham, right? Uh, Abraham, this is Abraham's dad. And it says that in Jewish tradition, actually, you know, we, we know that Abraham left his, his homeland and, and traveled to the promised land that God would, would show him. Uh, but actually, Jewish tradition says that, that his father was the one that traveled first. His father left Ur of the Chaldeans, his homeland, and and began to travel, in fact, to Canaan, which we would later know to be the promised land. But the Bible says that it says that he got stuck at a place named Haran. He was traveling to one destination, but on the way he got stuck at one place and ended up never leaving. It actually says that he died there. Which makes me wonder what happened? What happened that he would get stuck at this place and never reach his In destination, but if we backtrack a little bit, actually, Abraham was not his only son, he actually had three sons. He had three sons named Abraham or Abram, Nahor, and Haran. The Bible says that he lost one of his sons, Haran. It doesn't say how he died or why he died or what happened, it just states that he died in his father's lifetime. And as you can imagine, I'm sure this would have been a tragic occurrence a tragic occurrence that a father would lose his son, that one of his sons would pass away. And I just wonder if, if this event in their life became uh, to define their family, that, that this grief was something that, that, that walked with them, that they could never shake, they could never get past. And I don't think it's a coincidence that when we look at the place where he got stuck, it was the same name as his son's name. Maybe he was traveling through and he came to this place named Iran and it just reminded him of his grief. And he got stuck there. He got stuck in that place. He, the whole family was defined by this one generation, this one lost son. Fast forward a little bit and he passes away and we see that God calls Abram. And God says, leave your homeland, leave the place where you live in and go to the land that I'll show you. And we obviously we might have heard of the vision that he has where God pulls him out of the tent. And he says to Abraham, look at the stars, count them, you know, Abraham at this point has no child, has no son. And God pulls him out of the tent and says, look at the stars. Look how numerous they are. Count them if you can, so will your descendants be. I think it's pretty cool that Where this one family maybe got stuck on one generation, God wanted to give Abraham a new vision. He wanted to pull him out of the tent and say, your family has been focused on one generation, but look, I will use you to reach many generations. I will use you to impact many generations. In fact, you will be the father of nations. I think that's pretty amazing. And I think that there's some here this morning that are in the same tent, so to speak. Maybe you've got stuck on something that's happened. Maybe you've just been focused on yourself or your family or had a narrow view, but I believe that God wants to bring you out of your tent and He wants to show you that your life can actually have an impact on many generations that actually what you're going through is actually gonna have a much greater reach and impact than you can imagine. Maybe God is gonna change your view from yourself to this church, this community, this city, this nation, this world. I believe that God wants to do something through us here in Botany, and He wants us to shift our perspective. Maybe 2020 is a year of vision a year of fresh vision, a year of a new vision where God expands what we can see. Come on, let's pray. God, we just thank you, God, that your presence is here. God, I just pray now for those that God have been walking through some hard things. I thank you that those things will not define them, God, but those things will make them, God, that you would use those things as much as it hurts, God, to bring good fruit in our lives. And I pray this morning, God, for our perspective. God, would you bring new perspective? God, would you shift perspective, God? We've been so focused on something small, God, you would cause us and shift us to focus on something greater than we can imagine. Your word says, God, that you can do more than we can hope, dream, or even imagine. And I thank you, God, that this year, God, you're gonna use us, God. You're gonna, as a church, expand our tent peaks, God. You're gonna use us to reach more people, God, to see more salvation, God, to see more lives change. And I pray for every single person here, God, would you give us fresh vision, God. Help us to see, God, what you're doing. Help us to learn to be patient and be content in your plan for us and the process you've got us on, God. Help us to build perseverance, God, in the things that we're walking through, even when it gets hard, God, help us not to quit. And God, would you give us a new perspective this year, Lord? While all heads are still barred and eyes are still closed, I want to pray one more prayer. Maybe you're here this morning and you say that you're far, you're far from God. You don't have a relationship with Him. The truth is that God loves you, that He's got a plan, He's got a purpose for you. He wants, he, he wants to know you. He wants to be in relation with you. But the truth is, is that Sin, what the Bible calls sin, our mistakes, our mess-ups, is what separates us from God. But the good news is that God had a plan. He sent His one and only Son, Jesus, to live as a man, live a perfect life, but yet die a sinner's death on a cross so that He could be the sacrifice for our sins. Jesus said that He's not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. In other words, turn from the way that we're living and turn to Him, accept His free gift, of a relationship with Him and eternal life. If that's you this morning that's saying, yeah, I want that, I wanna have that relationship with God, I'm gonna pray a really simple prayer in a moment and I'm gonna invite you, if that's you, you can pray that prayer along with me in your heart. I'll pray it out loud and you can pray it in your heart. Say these words, say, Dear Jesus, I thank You that You died for me. I recognise that I'm a sinner in need of a Saviour. I ask that you'd come into my life, that you'd make me new, that you'd be my Lord and you'd be my Saviour. I choose today to follow you. And while eyes are closed and heads are still bowed, if you prayed that really simple prayer, I wanna, I'd want to i love to pray a prayer with you. I'd love to pray a prayer of blessing on you, but I wanna know who I'm praying for. And so I'm gonna ask you to do one more brave thing. Right where you are, I'm gonna ask you just to pop your hand up nice and high so I can see it and, once you popped your hand up, I'll acknowledge your hand and you can put it back down. And then I want to pray for you. So that's you, I'm going to count to three. And if that's you, pop your hand up. Here we go. One, two, three. Hands going up now. Awesome, I see the hand at the back. You can put it down. Awesome, I see the other hand at the back. You can put it back down. Anybody else saying, yeah, do I pray the prayer? Awesome, I see the hand. You can put it back down. Anybody else this morning saying, yeah, I prayed that prayer? God, I thank you for those that have today chosen to follow you. Those that have invited you into their life. And I pray that, God, you would you would reveal yourself to them. God, you become real to them. I pray that as they read the Bible, it would come alive to them, God, it would would show them who you are, God, and who they are. I thank you that your word says that as we draw close to you, God, you draw close to us. And I pray your blessing on them, your hand on them, your leading and your guidance. In Jesus' name. Amen. Church, can we celebrate?